speak a little bit here for a few minutes about this particular this particular kina at the very beginning throughout is is really Nagalava Oymek the Shirish of all the Avelas of Tishabov and all the Gagun of this day. Loza Kalir says Adad Chug Shamayim Adad Chug Shamayim If I could only soar to the highest heaven Adad Chug Shamayim The Kalir saying if I could only fly up to the highest to the highest heaven with this kina, with these words that I want to say Ali Iti Shamayim Ali Iti Shamayim that I would make I would make Shemaim, I would make the heavens cry together with me and lament together with me. That's how strong this kina, if only I could take this kina to Shemaim, all the way up to Shemaim. The Kivyochel, the Rabbi Shalom, would cry together with me, with me. And what is it, what is the kina that the Kalir wants to take all the way to Shemaim? To cause Kivyochel to cry himself. In different translations, it's hard. The words are very hard. I would cause my heart to grow faint with my with my struggle, with my effort to have Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to have Himself or to make Himself available to me. Ada Milin Bam Lam Seyu. If I would only have the words, if I if I would only be able to speak the words, Ada Milin Bam Lam Seyu. Different things Lam Seyu to 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 strengthen my own heart Lam Seyu to Kivyochel Hashem Esbarach. What the Kalir is saying over here is that my heart is broken as we spoke a little bit about last night my heart is broken with gagun with a longing lahamsi ayu sure those of you who have been here on Yom Nirayim remember that a number of times over the years I mentioned how after the Muhammad was by Hashanah Rabbah the Satmarad Sayyidu Right after the Muhammad, and he had a small minion of the Shevis Aplaita gathered around him. And how that Satmarov, the Satmarov cried out, Shalom, all of us here know that you're in this room. We know that you're here with us. But he make yourself known to us. The Kalir in this capital, in this Kina, is saying that that the underlying the underlying pain of all of Kinas, as I spoke about last night, and the whole the whole day of Tishabav, is that there's this terrible feeling of God's absence in our lives. The Besamikdish listen, a building, it's that it's that kashis, that is kashis that we had with the Banishlam. That any time that a person, the rest of the world, the whole world is, is all has to upon him. Here and there a person is able to have his eyes opened. But there's one place in the world where a person would go. And when a Yid would walk into that place, it would be so clear to him. In that place there was no hest upon him. And in the absence of that place, there is this terrible feeling of the Baruch Shalom's absence from our lives. So he says, Edag... The Kalir says, I would worry, I'm worried. Edog. I would I want to go up to Shalim and to cry out and say, I would worry. Aye Roa, where is the shepherd? I can't find him. I would I would lament, I would cry out. If I only knew some way to find him because my life without him is empty Rabbi Yosheh Bezai Chesach Bezrocha 
compared this kina of the Kalir to the words of Slichis that we're much more familiar with. The words of Himotse Lono Bibakashaseinu. Himotse Lono Bibakashaseinu means let yourself be let yourself be found for us. Himotse Lono Bibakashaseinu. In other words, in Slichis, just like here in Kinas, we're asking a Baruch Hu, make your presence known to us when we're searching for you. That in the endless search of a person and of Knesset Yisrael, for Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're asking Hashem as Baruch, He might say, that the Baruch Hu should let himself be found. We want to feel the Baruch Hu's nearness. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised He promised that at the end of Golas Batsar Lecha Mitzaucha Batsar Lecha That the time is going to come Like we heard last night The younger Rebbe said that The time would come that it would be the most horrible Hester Panam of all And at that time of Batsar Lecha Umitzaucha HaKadosh Baruch Hu you promised that You would be found, that we'd be able to find you but as the years go by, we feel less and less connected. Therefore, the Kalir is saying, Adva b'chol leiv. Adva is a lotion of the keenness that we see from Yirmiya all the time uses, as we just saw in Haftari, Libi davai. Libi davai, that my heart is sick. That because of my avayers, that because of our avayers, Nistalka shechina le'elyoyna that the Shechina HaKadosh has had to retreat, has had to retreat from this world and from my life. And therefore we lost him. He was in this world. The Baruch was here in this world. And even each and every one of us felt him so closely before we came into this world. And Adam and Chava, and Adam and Chava, the same way with Adam and Chava when they were in Gan Eden, through the hate, through the sin, so it says over there in Pasuk that the that Hashem was mishalich began, that the voice of Hashem was walking through the garden. Chazal say mistalik min hagan, mishalich began. If you look in the Mefarshim, there's a very big machlokes among the Mefarshim of how to translate, of how to explain that the voice of Hashem is mishalich began, mishalich began. So Chazal say in the Medrash, mistalik min hagan. It was walking away from Gan Eden. It was leaving Gan Eden. That means that that the Rebbe was once so close to us, but we lost him, because we have a problem keeping him. We have a problem, we don't know how to, we don't know how to hold on to the Rebbe And And this is at the beginning of Kinnis, because this is the side of the entire Indian of the Churban Beis HaMikdash. But since the time of the Churban Beis HaMikdash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has surrounded himself in secrecy and in mystery. And that's why it says in the Medrash Yerushim, Lovash Asara Levushim. That since the Churban Beis HaMikdash, Hashem Baruch is covered with ten garments. And even though the Tanya says that when a person when a person embraces the king, even though the king is wearing many many garments, nevertheless the person is self self holding the king. So the Tanya says that the Ikir Munavayid is to know that when we're davening, when we're calling out Hashem's Baruch, and when we're kind the mistress of Hashem, learning his Torah that it's a bechina of embracing the king that we're holding the king but we don't feel that because Chazal say lovash asar levushim because the king is wearing so many layers of garments all the layers of this world all the hastapanam of this world when there was a Beis HaMikdash even though when a person during the time of the Beis HaMikdash would go away, would go out of Eretz Yisrael would go far away it would be hard to see it would be hard to see the Bernishalm in those places but when a person would come to Beis HaMikdash so the Beis HaMikdash was mocheng the Shivtecha the Beis HaMikdash was the place of the Shechanti the Soicham 
That's what Kaddish Baruch garments were removed, Kivyochel. And the Churban Besamikdish was that bitl of Shechina Besachtoyen. And therefore, in the, in the 12th Kina, which we're going to say in a few minutes, the whole 12th Kina, a holy Asher Ta'afta Adloi Bereishis, that's the Kina on page, on page 194, every single paragraph, every single paragraph in that capital on page 194, capital base, every single paragraph ends with the same, with the same words. And now, what have I here? The next paragraph. What is my beloved doing here? What has become? What has become of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire to be here in this place? Every single paragraph ends ends with the word po because the whole tachlis of creation the whole tachlis of creation is summed up in that one word po here of nisava kadosh baruch hu liyos lo yisbarach dir b'sachtoinim that the baruch shalom's tachlis in the creation of the world is chazal tell us in the tanchuma is nisava kadosh baruch hu liyos lo yisbarach dir b'sachtoinim the baruch shalom for whatever reason the Baruch Shalom expressed his desire, Nisava Kadosh Baruch expressed his desire to be Po, to be here in this world, to be with us in this world. And even though, and even though, sometimes, sometimes we could feel each person in his own life at a different time, sometimes by a very big simcha. Sometimes by the opposite of a simcha. Sometimes a person is like to be in a makom in a makom kaddish in etzisrael or by the tzion of a tzaddik. Sometimes for a second a person can feel that po, that here, that hereness, that closeness, that kaddish baruch What we say in slichas, what we're saying, what we're going to say in a minute in this in this kina. This Rotson, he motzilano bebakashaseno. He motzilano bebakashaseno. Adabachalev lahamtsiyeyu. Is that we're saying, Baruch Shalom, there have been so many times in the history of Knesset Yisrael that we had you, that the Po was felt. And then something happened, something went wrong each time, and you slipped away. Like the Shekhin is described, we'll see, also we're going to see in that Kina, the Shekhin is described like a bird, like a tzipa, that's nighday, that's wandering and jumping from one rooftop to another rooftop, that's, that flutters and flies and goes to different places and stops for a minute. We're going to see that in the Kina soon. How the Shekhin is compared to a, to a tzipa, to a bird. All, all, the, all the things that we read about by the Avasakadoshan, when we read Sefer Bracious, and when the spoil of Misragish, each time again and again, how the Baruch Shalom spoke to the Avas and the Imahis, how he lived with them, Kivyachal Pai, how the light of the Shekhinah was shining in the tent of Sarimeinu, and all of the stories of the Shvatim, of the Avas, the Imahis, and the Shvatim. And all of that, all of that was to bring us to the Madrega that finally we should be able to come to Matan Taira. But before we came to Matan Taira, the Shekhinah was nostalgia. As Chazal tells, the Shekhinah ascended and left the tent of the Shvatim. And the whole goal was of Yosef at Sadiq. And then ultimately, the Shivim Nefesh that came down to Mitzrayim. And again, during that time, the, the terrible feeling of Hestaponim, of distance, and the Gilashina that took place by and all the excitement that was leading up to Matantara to Maiman Hasinai. And we had the Shina Basakhtaidim, the Shina descended Vayerid Hashem, and the Bhishlam came down to us by Hasinai, and we were like a kala by the Khupa and the Khasan, the mysterious Khasan 
who always was wearing so many levushim, he was covered with so many so many coverings, so many levushim. Finally, the chasm was by the chuppah. Then what happened by the chuppah is, Laila Luva, what a bush and a cherpa. The Klayasel, the Klayasel caused the chasm, caused the Barisham Kivyachal to run away from the chuppah. What is the bush, what is the cherpa? That the chasm ran away because of the cheta egel. And we were crying out, we had this Shechina for, for a moment, Po, here. All of this is the side that Shlomo Melech describes in the Megillah of Gagum of Longing, called Daidi Daifeg, Pischili Achaisi Rayasi Tamasi. Yisrael at different times has felt the voice of the beloved knocking, Kol Daidi Daifek. And there's a Gewaldige Hesairus at those times. At those times, we see that the Kadmainim, the Kadmainim, even the Rambam was so against Chishav even the Rambam wrote so strongly against any calculations. We also have from the Rambam times that he spoke of, times of potential redemption of Gula. In times where the tzipu with the bird was atat, was just, just ever so gently above her nest. And the Klai Yisrael felt poi. A little bit we felt, or a lot, there was a feeling of poi. And called Daidi Daifeg. And the Shechina Kedosh was crying out, Pischili Achaisi Rayosi Tamosi. The Shechina Kedosh, just like she did by Marmon Hasinai, cried out, Pischili Achaisi Rayosi Tamosi. Because the Shekhinah Kedoshah from time to time in the life of Knesset Yisrael knocks on the door. And in the life of each and every one of us there are times that we feel and the Baruch Shalom at those moments is saying I am here. And it's such a craziness but this is how as a people and as and each and every one of us, whatever that shigon that takes over of the insanity of atzlus of laziness, that Shlomo describes in, in Sheshim, and we're tired, or we're afraid of what it means, and we hesitate, and we don't open the door for the Shechina Kedosha. And the way that Shlomo says, Achakamti, and Brachdoidi, that just when we felt a little bit, just when we felt pi, and we heard the cold deity knocking, but we didn't know how to hold on to the to the beloved. And that's the history of our people, and it's the history of you and I, each and every one of us in our lives. We know every person that's here knows that's that's exactly how we live our lives. Cold deity die fake. There's something that happens. Sometimes a person, Elena, goes through a terrible, terrible tsar. Hashem Yerachim goes through some tsars. And he feels at that time so helpless and so insecure and so in need of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And just like the Kaliyah says over here, Rabbi Yerachim, Ale Iti Shemaim, I'm trying so hard. Adva B'chalev L'ham Tzayehu. Eida Milin Bon L'ham Tzayehu. Rabbi Yerachim, I'm trying to find the words, the words of davening, the words of tshuva. La'amtseyu means to hold tight. La'amtseyu, to hold on tight. Because each and every person, each and every one of us has felt times when the Baruch Shalom was close. And, and for whatever reason, we didn't hold on tight. Achas tiv it says in Shirshim. Achastif, to hold on tight. Vlar penu and not to let go. And that's what we just said in the in the seventh kina, in the last kina. And here again, just to, to the teachings of Rabbi Yashaber, he says such a beautiful thing. We said in the last kina, we said in the last kina, there are words here that we're familiar with. All of these words we know from Halacha 
a little bit from Tanakh. We're familiar with the words, but how, how, how the the Python puts them together is very hard for us. But we're saying to the Baruch like this: Visuk, like Vasikin. Visuk means something that's very old, something that's very ancient. Viud, viud, vaad, avad means to get together. You didn't remember the Rabbi Shalom, you didn't, you're not remembering. Here, the Mekainain turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says to the Rabbi Shalom the following. We have, a, we have a problem. Our problem is that when the Shekhin HaKadosh comes into our lives, we let go. We don't hold, we don't hold on tightly. And he, and he disappears. But Rabbi Shalom, we have Kivyochel a complaint, very respectfully and, and with great fear. A complaint that we'd like to formally lodge with you. Now, there are many daring things that the Kaliyah talks about, and the other Paitanim talk about, many, many daring things. Some people have over the years mentioned to me how they're shocked by some of the things that they've seen in the Eish Kaidish from the Holy Piyasetzna, things that he spoke about and he screamed about during the Mulchama. And the Emma says that there's a long, long Messiah of big tzaddikim whose hearts were were exploding with Amuna, who cried out from a place of Amuna. This goes back to the Nevi'im. This is not something which is new. People like us, of course, are afraid that we're not worthy. But the Mekayni in the Kaliya says, Lo'ezacharta visuk viud vesek veses. A veses... Again, the word vituk, vesek, means something which is old. But the word vesas we know from halacha. From the halacha is a vestas. A vestas means an appointment, an appointed time, a set time. Like in halacha. Nihilchas nida. In halacha is a vestas. It means that there's a set, appointed, expected time. That's called a vestas. Which means you didn't remember the ancient rendezvous, the ancient appointment that you had that you had made from time to time. Ashaviyatalvudakha with the ones who get together with you. Therefore, we cry out, Remember, look what's become with us. Which means, it used to be in our lives, in the life of Klai Yisrael, that it's true, that you didn't have bad memory, and we would dray around the world, and we'd walk away from his amikdish. When we were based on amikdish, there was a visuk, viyud, vesek, vesek, shaviatl, yudacha. No matter what, he would come to this and he would see that there would be the ancient appointment, the old appointment, the rendezvous with the Shekhinah of Yachal. Where a Jew would come to the Besamikdash, and from time to time, that the person would be able to at least come into the come into the base of Migdish. And there would be a set time, there would be an appointment, Kivyoch with the Bariyalam. Because the Mitsias of a Jew, the Mitsias of a Jew is somebody who has a rendezvous, who has an appointment from time to time at Khadishbaruch. That's what the Bani Shalom set up through through the Chachamim that we have Shachris Minchamar. So shachvis, shachvis, davening means that the way the Jew, and this of course of Yeshubeh spoke so much about Nisha Halach and all of his mamorim, he himself was such an Isha Halach. The person of Halach is a person whose entire life is spent in anticipation of those appointed times. And Oivavai, if you're late, because the Bible says, I'm waiting for you in shul. And as a says, my Krishna, I give you a little bit of a chance. I give you some time to come. But this is my shachris, this is my mincha, this is my marav. There are set times. There's shabbosis, there's yom toivim, there's reish chadoshim. Those are appointments. Visug, viud, vesek, vesis. Those are vestis that a Jew has with the kibyochel, with the shrim 
appointed times. So the Baruch says, I'm here. And that's the teva of a Jew, even though it's true that a person can't live like that every minute of his life. Only big, big tzaddikim that live every second in, in a way of shivisi. Every single second they're in a way of dveikas b'ashan. Of kirvis elokim. Big, big tzaddikim live like that. But the Baruch set up our lives in such a way where there are vestas, where there are set appointed times to meet Him. So the Python is saying over here, V'loi Zacharta. V'loi Zacharta, we're only allowed to talk this way because, they, because the Kaliyah talks this way and he taught us that it's the Ratzon Hashem that we speak this way. Otherwise we're not allowed to open our mouths. So who, who are we to say anything about the Bari Ayla? But as the Kaliyah says, V'loi Zacharta, Rabbi Shalom, you haven't remembered. It's true that we, that we are short, we are people with short memories. And we also don't have a good grip on the Shekhinah. We don't hold tight to the Shekhinah. <coughs> I remember when I was in high school, I was, I, I was only for three weeks on the football team. Two-hand touch we played every, every day. Shachas Mirchanayim. But tackle's a serious thing. Kaidem call I had to... Kaidem call I had to... Among my parents for the money to go to, Cor- to, to uh, Corvettes, so wherever we went in those days, Alexander's or one of those places, and to buy the whole to buy the whole uniform, which almost caused my mother to leave the world when she saw me putting it on, and I walked out with the whole thing, which is everybody knows is the only reason that we wanted to play was just that look, and then and then you know. We had, the yeshiva had a league, it was, it was only for a short time. <clears throat> we made a big mistake because we, 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 took some, uh, we took one or two schools into the league, they took in that weren't really like regular yeshivas, they were like day schools, and they were very, very big. In the yeshivas, it was, everybody was small, except we had one guy that was big, but in the day schools, everybody was big. So we had this, we had this football, we had this football league, and... And we had, and the yeshiva even took a guy to be a coach, to, to teach us and to make all kinds of hachanas, you know, made speeches and all things to get us ready for the games. And and I was a, I was a, a wide receiver. That was uh, my job. I never expected to, to get tackled. I really just wanted to catch the ball. I was good at that and to run. I didn't want anybody to touch me. And I was fast and I could jump in those days. But I realized over a few weeks that they that they catch you and they they hurt you. <laughs> so that's when I that's when I retired. But the coach the coach said to me, the coach said to me, Mike, no matter what happens to you, don't let go of the football. That's the heart, right? Because these guys are very very rough. The guys from the day school. They're not they're not been a tyrant. And because of that, they're going to do everything they can to get you to fumble. And you have to be mice and nefesh. She said to me, "Lash makayde." She had to be mice and nefesh to hold on to the to hold on to the football. So I said, "Okay, serious nefesh." And I I tried so hard, you know, to be mice and nefesh, and you get like you know the whole team jumping on you, and they're going to punch you, and they try to get the ball out. The important things in life that. Are, that are infinitely more important than holding on to a than holding on to a silly thing. A silly things gonna have to hold on to. But to the Shekhinah Kadosha, it's true that we don't hold on tightly as a people and as individuals. But we have the the Mekine is lodging a complaint respectfully in the aim of the year with the Bari Island. And that complaint is the Lezakharta. Belezacharta, you, you, Kivyochal, you're not remembering. And again, we're just saying what the, what the Kalir is saying. That the Shalom, you haven't remembered the old rendezvous either. You haven't kept your appointments either. Because Safkal Sof, everybody that's here gets up every morning, sometimes a couple minutes late, 
But every morning, each and every one of us gets up and puts on towels and fill. And nobody here says that I'm not keeping my appointment, I'm not davening today. Everybody here davens mincha, davens ma'ariv. Everybody, everybody comes to shul, the shonim kippur, everybody comes to kalnidje, everybody comes to sukkis, everybody shows up at the seder, we all show up at the seder. Everybody shows up by shofar blowing. Everybody, everybody here is going to show up on time. Again, sometimes a person's a little bit, but everybody comes and shows up for the appointments. But the Khalil is saying a terrible thing here, and this is, and this is, uh, 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 this is the bakasha that the Khalil has, and he says, if I could fly up to Shemaim, I would want to say this to you, Baruch Shalom. Even though our even though our hearts are so dull, so we don't feel anymore, we don't feel your presence. We come to shul, we don't feel that you're here. We're asking you, we're going to come to Slichis in a few weeks. We don't feel we're going to say the words like I said last night, like the little boy that says Kaddish, we don't feel what we're saying. But L'chalapachas, we show up. We show up, we come for the appointment. We're here by the vessels. And we're asking you, Rabbi Shalom, there should be Pai. Yeroa kol zechorcha. As pneha odin Hashem. That help us to feel that you're here. That you should show up at this appointment, at these appointments that we make with you. I want to share with you, and then we'll continue, to share with you, there's a book of poems that, that, that I, I try to look at once every week or two. It's actually a, an old friend of mine from the neighborhood that I grew up in, that he was the editor of this book of poems. That was, this was published around a, a year and a half ago. Do you remember two years ago? you remember what happened in Gush Katif? It was Tisha B'Av. It's so hard to believe, two years. And you know that the Ruba the Ruba, the lives of those Sadiqim and Sarkonias, the li- their lives, Ruba the Ruba are not better. Are not better now than then. We were all mis- we were all shaking and angry and screaming and crying because of the pictures, the images of the gerush of the expulsion. I don't know how many of us are thinking just day to day how those Jews are living quiet lives of desperation, in horrible conditions, in terrible terrible places, and even those few, those few. Who, who have managed to move someplace and to come somewhere to broken homes, broken homes, many of the children the chinuch of the children and shalom bayis and yonim because the panos, there's no panos it's only, right, it's two years ago so there, there were Yidin that wrote poems Yidin from Gush Katif that wrote poems it's, a, it's an unbelievable cipher. I have it upstairs, I'll be happy to show you the chair. So the poems are written in Lashma Kaidish. And Lashma Kaidish are much more beautiful, but they were translated into, into English also. Each one opposite on the same page. The name of the cipher is called Sir Kisufim. This is like a, 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 new, a new tale, not to replace the old Khalil. But a new tehillim that, the, that these Yidin were writing these tefillas, the poems, the tefillas that they wrote in those fiery days two years ago. See, here's a Yid, his name is Benny Sapir, I don't know him. Let me just share this tefillah with you. Rabbani Shloylam, Master of the Universe. Afur, Afurim, Chayen. He probably says it afor aforim, but the correct way to read it is afor aforim chayenu. Our lives are, are overwhelmingly gray. Va'onu mitzapim 
Listen, listen to these words. And we await your glow, Barak. Not the other Barak, We're waiting for your glow. You know what we're waiting for? He says, our lives are overwhelmingly gray. We await your glow. A pillar of fire and torches. You remember? You remember all the... You gotta, there's a lot of good publicity in the Chumash. There's a lot of good stuff in Tanakh. A pillar of fire and torches. My father's old. There's sign. Remember I mentioned it before. He told me. He remembers... He remembers when they were in the last days of the Mulchama, when they were in the when they were my father says they when the Germans weren't even killing them anymore. They didn't have to. They didn't give them anything. They didn't even give them that that uh, that chunk that they used to give them uh, once a day. My father said it was filled with filled with things that we can't even talk about what they put in there. <clears throat> but at least they had something in their mouths. So at the end of the Mulchama, the Germans weren't giving them anything. My father said that. He remembers weeks before the end. I don't remember what he told me exactly how long, but it was a while before the liberation. My father said every day there are American planes and Russian planes flying over the concentration camp. Every day. Flying low. Oh, not stop. They saw. My father said you could see the faces of the boys in the plane. That's how low they were flying. And the Germans were all running for cover. My father said that they used to stand, they would say, they would say, no, drop a bomb on this place, something, do something here. And my father said that, that the pain that they, because they, 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 they hadn't, they had stopped feeling already a while before that. But when that started again, when the plane started coming over, my father said the feeling was like, you can't give you one, just to, one, send one just to land over here. Do something. So, so the, this Yid, Benny is saying, This is what we're awaiting. We're awaiting your glow, a pillar of fire and torches. Your cloud of honor, in which you are revealed. Rebbe you remember how you met us in the Midbar? You remember that you met us with fire and torches and a cloud of glory? You remember? And what do we have in this world? Tachlifim. What does it mean, tachlifim? Substitutes. Tmurais. Tmurais, he translates here as compensations. He thought they were going, they thought they were going to get compensations. They never got compensations either. What do we have over here in this world? Not fire, not torches, not cloud of glory. Tachlifim and tmurai. Substitutes, compensations. The chalufei chalifim onumakablum. Chalufei chalifim. All kinds of, he says here, and proxies we receive. All kinds of chalufei, chalufei chalifim that are supposed to represent you. Or that you're sending in place of yourself. In other words, you're not coming to take care of us. Who are you sending? You're sending Khalufa Khalifum <coughs> who didn't come either. Shall Rash, he says. Shall Rash, shall Nila Mikutos. He says, a thunder of disjointed words. That's what we're getting. A thunder of disjointed words. Ve'emas Hashimum. And the dread of boredom that we live with. The dread of boredom. No more the excitement of no more the excitement of Parshas Boy and Parshas B'Shalach. Ve'emas Hashimum, the dread of boredom. Ve'emas Habedidus, the dread of loneliness. Kol elu memalemis elamenu. All of these are what fill our world. Onu miachelim, we yearn. Utsmeim. We yearn and we long for the truth of your presence. 
That's what the Kalir is saying here also. We believe that all of these things are you. But right now, we don't have any... We, our lives are overwhelmingly gray. And there's no glow, there's no pillar of fire, there's no clouds. There's boredom, there's loneliness, there's a thunder. Not the thunder of Maimon HaSinai. But the thunder of disjointed words. We yearn, we long for the truth of your presence. Shetamale is elamenu the gila uveraada. For you to fill our world with delight and trembling, like you once did. Raknit sait sechad. So listen to what he cries out this yid. Raknit sait sechad. He says, just one spark, Rabbanu Shalom. Rakni Tzotzechad, Rabbanu Shalom. Just one spark, Master of the Universe. Rakni Achas. doesn't have to be Aseret HaDibris. You don't have to ha- it doesn't have to be a whole speech. Rakni Tzotzechad. That's what my father is saying. Just one spark. Rakni Achas. Just one word. This saucer is called Amos Habedidus, and you will banish all the dread of loneliness. As call as call Chavai Hachidolain. And all the experience of Chidolon means termination and death that I'm feeling now. Vahayasmus and all the orphanhood that I'm feeling. Ona Hashem. Please Hashem. Reveal to your servant the light of your prophecy. Rabbi Shalom, remember Zacharta, Vadvisuk. Remember how Rabbi Shalom, you would meet with certain great people from time to time and you would tell them things. So he says, Reveal to your servant the light of your prophecy. Please Hashem. Please Hashem, bring light to our eyes and we'll be redeemed. We should be Zaychab as Hashem, all of those Yidin, together with all of us, for the Gula Hashem. So the next, the next Kina, the next Cathedral to talk about for a few minutes, Shali Sufa Be'eish. Shali Sufa Be'eish. Here the Rabbi Rutenberg is saying, Akina is crying, Akina. Terrorists seek the welfare of your mourners. Shali Sufarish, the Torah by fire consumed, seek the welfare of your mourners, of those who yearn to live in the courtyard of your dwelling. The Torah the is being called upon. The Torah is being called upon. The Torah herself. The Torah itself should wake up and should cry out. How did it come to pass? It says later on. How did it come to pass? Holy Torah. We're talking to the Torah. That you who was given by Hashem, the all-consuming fire, should be consumed by man-made fires. And yet those alien intruders who burned you escaped unscathed from your flaming coals. So everybody knows, everybody knows that this kina was composed for the Sreifas Talmud, the burning of the the burning of the Gemaras of the Talmud and other Sifrei Kaidish, not just the Gemaras other Sifrei Kaidish and Sifrei Taira that took place in Paris in 1242 in the Sparum the from the Marami Rutenberg as you know, also was from the Gedoyle, Rishayne, Ashkenaz, the last, from the end of the Bali Atoysis, Maram Rutenberg. And this is a kina over the Churban of Tyre. Together with Arze Halavonim that we said a few minutes ago, which is a kina over the, over the murder and the death of Tzaddikim in all generations, the Churban of Taira, of Svar Mekadayishim, and Sifrei Taira, that the church gathered together in the public square 
all of the villages and all of the towns, thousands and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Svarim, and burned them. It was burning for days. It's hard for us to be massive what that means. What was the Marami Rutenberg feeling? What did that mean to the Jews who were there at the time? You have to remember that they didn't have printed Svarim in those times. There, was, there were no Batet Fus. There were no places to print Svarim. These were all handwritten manuscripts. Manuscripts that contained within the whole Messiah of Teresh Peh. So when the Marami Rutenberg saw this, and when he described this, when the Jews who were there lived through this, there was a pacha, there was a fear. Marami Rutenberg was afraid. This was the Chorban of the entire Torah. How was the Torah going to be revived? The church sought out every printed Every every handwritten piece of Torah, all the Shasm, and all the Sifrei Torah, and all the Midrashim, the entire Messiah of Torah Shabbatah, whatever they can get their hands on. Many, 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 many cartloads are still found to this day, are buried in the catacombs of the, of the Vatican. It's part of the Cherpa of the Sreyfus Torah of Shali Sufa Beish of Klai and the cherpa of the of the church that ad hayoyim that there are thousands upon thousands who knows how many svarim kisveyad are are held captive are captured there and trapped in the catacombs of the tumah of all tumas in, the, in Rome. Akaponim the Marami Rutenberg when he saw this he was afraid. That perhaps this, this, if not for the promise of Pizarro, that he saw the burning of the Swab, that this could be the end of the whole Torah. What would be? How would this be saved? Of course, he knew that that still there were Jews, there were there were of Israel in Svardisha countries that were still yet that they had still their Messiah, and that there was that there was still Torah to be found. But as far as all the Torah of the Bnei Ashkenaz and the Baliyatayisvus, all the Torah of Rashi, the Baliyatayisvus, which is invaluable for our understanding of Torah, so Mama Rutenberg was crying, "Shali Sufabeish." The Shali Sufabeish was was a keen for the Torah. And crying out to the Torah that was being burned because without Torah there can't be any kum for Knesset Yisrael. The Jewish people are not a people without Torah There's a remarkable cipher. A remarkable cipher that was written a few years ago. It was written. It was published in Hebrew. Beseisa Ram. Hidden in Thunder. It's been translated this past year in English and published by Meister Av Cook. It was written by Professor Esther Farbstein, the daughter of a Choshev Rosh from Hebron and the other side from Gerich Sidim. A very, very, very brilliant woman, Esther Farbstein, wrote this Sefer, the Seisaram. It's good to, 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 to get it if you can. It should be available. Meister Av Cook. Shows through many documents and studies of that kufa of the most recent Shali Sufa Beish in the Holocaust. And she has an entire parak in the book, an entire chapter that's devoted to the subject of Shoyas Hasvarm. She calls it the Holocaust of Svarm, the Holocaust of, of Sifrek Kaidish. It's a whole chapter. Now this, as you all know, the burning of, of Svarim, the Germans' burning of Svarim, as you know, started before the, the time that they were burning bodies. As far back as 1935, there were small incidents even before that, smaller incidents, in different towns and villages, in Germany and Austria and in France. 
But in 1935, it began in earnest as a campaign, as a program to to destroy Sefer Kaidish. I want to share with you. I want to share with you a few excerpts from Farbstein's book to have a little bit to have a little bit of a of a hergish, a little bit of a feeling from something that happened in our parents' lifetime of what that meant to the Yidden of what that meant to the Yidden who were living through it. It was no coincidence that the 1935 burning of Jewish books in Germany marked a turning point in anti-Jewish activity. It's really when things began to move towards towards the final solution. It began with the Svarim. And was repeated in various places. In 1941 and 1942, Rabbi Shimon Uberben, many of you are familiar with, with this remarkable person and the archives that he that he assembled in the in the ghetto. And we have many of many much of what we know from that time is from the archives of Reb Shimon Yuberben. So Reb Shimon writes over there. She quotes: Hundreds of thousands of Jewish holy books have been destroyed during the current war, including many rarities, expensive manuscripts, and old valuable communal records. When the evil ones entered cities, they ripped to shreds, burned, and annihilated tens of thousands of books. In various provincial cities, there are still a few holy books somehow remaining. But the same cannot be said for the cities and towns from which Jews have been expelled. The holy books in those cities have been totally lost. The Nazis bragged about this. When they burned the big library of the Chachmei Lublin Yeshiva, this is what they wrote. This is found in, the, in a, German, from a German newspaper, January 6, 1941. The German newspaper. We took special pride, quoting the Nazis in Shaman, we took special pride in destroying the biggest Talmudic center of all Polish yeshivas, which sent out rabbis to the Jews in all corners of the world. We brought the big library to the Lublin marketplace and set fire to it. For 20 hours the books burned. The Jews of Lublin gathered around the blazing books and wailed bitterly. We were almost deafened by their screams. So we brought the army orchestra to play our national songs extremely loudly until the Jews' wailing was swallowed up in the pounding of the drums and the cheers of the soldiers. Listen. It's a whole terror, but listen. A Shmuel rose a survivor who had previously been at the Slobodka Yeshiva. This Rabbi Shmuel Rose was a Talmud from Slobodka. And he wrote the following. That bitter day is still firmly etched in our memories. Our enemies acted shrewdly with us. Not merely destroying us, but also giving, but also grieving us terribly so long as the breath of life was in us because taking the book from the people of the book is a deep, incurable wound to the Jewish soul. The enemy's ambition was to wipe out the name of Israel, heaven forbid, not only from life, but from the book as well. They understood. The Nazis Yamakshimam understood that you can't destroy the same way that Maharami Rutenberg understood and all, and all the tzaddikim throughout the generations understood. And all of us understand that it's impossible to destroy Klai Yisrael unless you destroy the tyrant. So at first the Germans ordered the Jews to make up a precise list of the books. No, the crazy people. They wanted, the Germans wanted that the Svarm should all be catalogued. They wanted to have a list of all the Svarm. And held the Jewish police responsible for enforcement. However, some of the ghetto inhabitants resisted handing over their books. And he writes, and those Jews persecuted almost beyond endurance, who had already brokenheartedly sacrificed their jewelry and their furs and all else, decided word, wordlessly, each one separately and all together, this will not be. She so says, Jews who have given up all of their belongings, 
decided that they will not give up this farm. They're not going to hand over this farm. This is described by Rabbi Ephraim Oshri, who only died a few years ago, the author of the Tshuvas Mimamakim from the Lower East Side. As Rabbi Oshri described it, this is in the Kav Megiddo. We decided to protect our holy books with no less and perhaps with greater determination than we protected our lives. Jews of all classes displayed great self-sacrifice on behalf of Jewish books, even risking martyrdom to high Torah schools, workmen, shoemakers, tailors, carpenters, secular Jews, were elevated by this battle to the highest level of sanctity. Jewish children, he writes, stood no lower. They sensed in this battle a deeper aspect. It was a battle over Jewish eternity. The battle that we have with the Goyim over our Svarim is a battle over Jewish eternity. The ghetto Jew was inspired and purified and elevated to the loftiest heights. Young men and old men dug pits and hit volumes of the Gemara, of the Rambam's codes, of Shailas and Shuvas, responsive works, and many other Svarim. These people, as well as others, hid on their premises single volumes of Gemara, a Torah for personal study. I recall how much self-sacrifice Bereshtik Bricker, whom we call Bereshtik the Glazier, no, he, he was a brickmaker, but they called him the Glazier. I guess he once did that. Used in hiding volumes of Gemara and other works. Rabbi Farmashri writes, I recall how after the decree was issued, I asked my youngsters in the Teferz Bochum, in the, in the Shtibel, where will we get volumes of the Torah and the Gemara to study? How are we going to learn? The youngsters stood up and declared, don't worry, Rabbi. Each of us will hide a Chumash or a Gemara to study from. Others made a different tough decision. This is all, this is all from Rabbi Shri. We will never commit such an abomination, come what may. We will not deliver the holy books into the Nazis' impure hands, no matter what it takes to prevent them from being desecrated by the Germans. It was hot in the ghetto that night, very hot. Jews leaned over their small iron stoves. Instead of taking out the books to the accursed Germans, they, t they preferred to do it with their own hands and pay them their final respects. In other words, it came to a point where it was impossible for the Jews to continue hiding this from the Germans were surrounding them. And in those last moments before they were taken, Rabbi Shri writes that the, instead of allowing the swarm to be, to be taken into the hands of the Germans to give them over, so the, so the Yidin themselves took the Svarm and they, and they started burning their Svarm. Instead of taking out the books of the accursed Germans, they preferred, to, they preferred to do it with their own hands and pay them their final respects. The pages curl and shrink with a dull sound, as if emitting what was written on them. As if to say, your toil and efforts are in vain. You will not succeed in annihilating, annihilating us. The Germans, you will not succeed in annihilating us. Many have already tried, but to no avail. Brokenhearted, we take solace in the fact that we did not betray our books and hand them over to the impure ones. We completed the sacred work and paid our last respects to the holy texts. It was a night of watchfulness in the ghetto. And it was very, very hot. This is from a, a, a Jew, Tuvia Barishkovsky, who was a librarian from Radomsk. He was a secular Jew, wasn't a religious person. A librarian from Radomsk, who later on became one of the commanders of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Tuvia Barshkovsky. He writes the following. Perhaps rescuing a library from the Nazis will seem like an odd, strange act. A world is collapsing, and the future of the Jews, perhaps the future of all humanity, hangs in the balance. What value then does a Jewish library in some remote town have? Without putting too much thought into whether or not anyone needs the rescued books. This library was cultivated over the years. I was one of the people who took, in, who took part in building it, and its last librarian. It was hard for me to abandon it. Perhaps there was a bit of rebellion in this. The Germans were fighting not only against living Jews, but against their culture as well. The Germans weren't only fighting against the, uh, against the Jews who were alive. The Germans were trying to erase, to erase the history and to erase the mitzvahs of Klai Yisrael. 
It took weeks to hide the library. This is what they were, this is what he was busy with. Of course, we ran the risk of being caught by the Gestapo. We managed to move a few hundred books. I brought the last of the books up to the attic and prayed. Just as I was able to arrange them, like by Chassal said the Pesach, like the end of the Seder. So he said, just as I was able to arrange them, may I, may I be able to see them and to learn for them. We should be zeichet to, to see them and to learn for them. And then, to just one last thing. There's an appendix to an earlier chapter called Whole and Shattered Tablets. There's a poem that was written by one of the survivors. It was written in 1946. Obviously it's translated from the Yiddish. <clears throat> Listen. It's called Jews and Names. Like the Jews, the books in the cities and towns are nothing but heaps of pages and names. Names meaning what? Shames. We, of course, call svarim that can no longer be used. Svarim that are chasushalim, that are ruined. We call the pages, we call the parchments, shames, names. So the, the author of this poem wrote, Like the Jews, the books in the cities and towns are nothing but heaps of pages and names. Blessed be the hand that digs through the heaps and pieces together the names. Jew with Jew, holy name with name, whole and pure as in those days. Every Jewish soul has a portion up above, a holy soul every step of the way. And the names were joined, and the drops were merged, and the souls were cleansed, and the husks were refined. The Holocaust is over. The jackboots are silent. The land is full of knowledge as waters cover the sea. But he was writing this as they were trying to pick out from the ruins of the ghetto to pick out some pieces of Gemara and Svarim and so on. The Holocaust is over. The jackboots are silent. The land is full of knowledge as waters cover the sea. So the kina that we're going to say now, Shali Sufa Beish, is a kina over the shamus, over the names. The names of the names, the shamus of Hashem, the Askaris, the shamus, the names of God, that our enemies over the thousands of years of Agolas have set to fire. The names of Hashem, the shamus, all the Sifetairim, all the Gemaras and Swarim. The Isis, Parchas, Ba'avir, the names are the names, the Isis of the Torah, the Isis of the Nishamas of Jews that rose up together with the fires, that rose up together with the, with the Gevilim, with the scrolls, the bodies of Jews, and the Shemus, the Nishamas, that are the Shemus, the Askaris, the Shem Hashem, that every Yid, every Yid is a Sefer that's filled with the Shemus of Hashem. And each and every one of us should should say Shali Sufavaish together with Atfila and Abakosha. That all of the names should be joined back together. That when the Bhishan will bring to that time that'll be Triasa Mason. And somehow in ways that we can't understand, the ashes will be gathered from the earth. And all of the bones and all that's and whatever is, whatever there is that's somehow been absorbed into the world over the thousands of years of our goals, that when Hashem is Baruch, with the Nisim of Tchis Mason, when He joins together all of the ashes of our grandparents, our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents, that the Baruch should join together all of the Shemus, all of the Oasis of His name, from all of the Svar Makadoshim, 
and that the Barisham should take Nekama. The Nekama that, that Marami Rutenberg is, is expressing here, the Shak, that the Barisham gave the Torah, he's an all consuming fire that should be consumed by man made fires. And that those alien intruders who burned you escaped unscathed from your flaming coals. That the time should come where the Bereshim will take the comer. And Ashri Shashayim Lachim that the Bereshim should pay back all of those who destroyed the Shemus of Hashem and destroyed Nishmas Yisrael, the Shemus of Hashem, the Nishamas of Klaiis, the goo from the bodies of Klaiis, so that are the Shemus of Hashem. So we should understand what it means when we say Yemach Shemam V'Zichram Yemach Shemam V'Zichram Jews have great respect for books We've never been involved in any book burnings to my knowledge Maybe a couple of Kanoim you know, Here and there It's true I'm not going to say it's not true You know that there were times that Out of Kanos and Lashem Shemayim There were books that were burned It has happened in our history but even that was everything that, that happened. We look back now, and we understand what that meant, and it was all the same Shemayim, and how it happened, and when it happened. But the time will come soon, there's Hashem, that all of our Shemus will be brought back alive, and all of the Shemus of our enemies that incited, that incited them to kill, and to destroy, and to pillage, that their taqwa will be burned. And we'll see in our, in our lifetimes, we'll see soon a keem of that haftacha, of Molar as Deus Hashem, that the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem, and all the terror that was lost will be will be brought back to us. Ki amin amachasim gula shema amen. Shal yisufa ve'ish lishlaim avila yeh.